And we are live. Excellent. So good morning. Um, if you happen to be listening to this on the podcast, all of anywhere between zero and one people to listen to that. Um, it is July 11th. And I'm Quinn Abram, and this is The Living Room, and we I am doing the first, I don't know whether anybody else will do it or not, but I'm doing the first in a series, uh, summer lectionary series covering Ephesians. So today we're going to talk about Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, and I am not even on. How about that? <clears throat> Sorry about that. Yeah, you can hear me. Um, hi, Amy. Um... <laughs> So, um, I guess before we roll, bugs moved, fished in, literally. I like how I can like see you and then I can't see you and then I can see you with each rotation of the fan. It's great. Um, so how about, um, you know what? I just feel prayerful. Let me pray. Actually, let me stop. Is there anything we should pray about before I pray? Any prayer requests? Anything like that? Silence. The sound of silence. Uh, I mean, the praise I have is that they have um, messed with my mom's medicine, and she feels great. Really? Well, that's they, awesome. They put her, he gave her a um, um, clavicle. Inflammatory medication of some sort. And it's not the right word. Did you call it a flammatory medication? Yes, I don't want that. It's the other, what's it called? An inflammatory. An inflammatory. Yeah. Uh, they give her one of those for all her pain and everything, and it's like she hardly has any pain anymore. Wow, that's awesome. So, yeah, Great. Has, uh, all right. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Okay. Anything else, folks? We just we have a big decision coming up about building and the church moving forward and yeah. it's been heavy on my heart so excellent sure we got lots of people thinking lots of things and nobody knows anything so the way it works so great all right i'll pray god um first of all i just want to thank you for letting us be here united in you united in christ um it's uh it's just n- nice that uh, after well over a year of living through some really difficult times and a lot of separation, um, and while it's certainly not over yet, uh, in fact, uh, I just read stuff this morning, God, that um, a lot of people are hurting again in certain states, so please do be with them. But for us here in Columbus, it's nice that we're at least able to have some more sort of normal things, and we thank you for that. We thank you that our friendships have endured through this long time, and uh, we ask that you will help us to um, recover from this and uh, serve you well. This morning we praise you for uh, the good news about Herb's mom and that she's feeling a little better, and uh, we appreciate that the doctors helped her out. And um, we just do ask, uh, as a community, um, as we think about what the future means for us, just help us to stay close to you, help us to know um, that uh, and uh, have faith that you'll, you'll be there by our side re- regardless, and, uh, and help us to lift each other up, help us to live as a community regardless of where this community goes and the directions we go, um, help us to, uh, to be the family you want us to be to you and to each other. 
Uh, it's through Christ we pray. Amen. Great. All right. Make sure this is still working. It appears to be working. One moment. I guess it's working. Are you working? I don't have any idea if it's working or not. There's a number counting on the screen, so we'll assume it is. Um, so how about the announcement front? Do we have any announcements that we need to share before I get started? Girls group this week, but you don't know where or you do know where? I don't think we know where. Nowhere. Nobody knows. Okay. Boys group will be the next week, and we don't know where. But it will be where. We just don't know where. Yeah, so there's um, a house church-esque meeting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Stop. We've got uh, not you stop, but stop, <laughs> stop in my head. I, I was talking, I was talking to myself, not to myself. Um, I was talking to myself. Anyways, there is house church, and it's going to be at my house, I guess. Friday. So if you want to come to my house and um, and eat on Friday, you can do that, or you can come and not eat, I guess. Or maybe you can come and eat but not come. I don't think that's a permutation that works. So I think you can only come and not eat or come and eat. I think that's the only options. So. Okay, any other announcements? All right. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say, so I think we can dive right into it. I um, th- This is a, a lesson this week where I did something that a person should not do. Um, I, at least I think for the most part you shouldn't do this. Um, you can take almost any text of the Bible and dig about almost anything you want out of it, uh, it seems like, at times. And there's been something that's been on my mind a lot. Um, and uh, this week I was thinking about lenses and looking through lenses um, and then getting a little kind of philosophical about lenses Um, And I thought it fit pretty well with this week's talk, so I just thought, you're going to get lenses this week. And uh, that's what's on my mind. Um, And it says here, read first. So the other thing is that when I put this lesson together and I finished it up uh, just a few hours ago this morning, um, I changed the order of it like four times. And so I'm going to get confused today at some point because I kept flipping things around and, and, and putting this before that. And then I'd say, no, no, that's the wrong order. And so I just now realize that I'm glad to put that on there, read first, because I was not going to do that. But that is exactly what I need to do. So let's read Ephesians 1, 1 through 14. Um, and I'm going to put on, speaking of lenses, I will put on my lens. Such a disappointment. I can't read it here, but I can there, and then I, you know, such a strange thing. I can do either one. I just have to flip. Welcome to old age. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So true. All right, Ephesians 1, verses 1 through 14. This is from the message, and that's just because I read it in the message yesterday, and I liked it, so I'm just sticking with it. I, Paul, am under God's plan as an apostle, as an apostle, a special agent of 
of Christ Jesus, writing to you faithful believers in Ephesus, I greet you with the grace and peace poured into our lives by God our Father and our Master, Jesus Christ. It was funny when I was reading the lectionary uh, writers' uh, history of this, they were saying there's actually a fair number of people that don't believe that Paul actually wrote this, which I just think is crazy bizarre. I mean, I've just always assumed, based on what we just read, that Paul wrote this. But anyways, we'll leave that, let that be. How blessed is, starting with verse 3, how blessed is God and what a blessing he is. He's the father, father of our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long ago, he decided to adopt us, adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved Son. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of Christ, we're a free people, free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free in italics. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him, everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet Earth. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eyes on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. It's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This signet from God is the first installment on what's coming, a reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. All right, now let's get into this a little bit more. So when I think about lenses, uh, one reason I think about lenses is because I'm wearing these glasses. Um, but I was thinking this week about this picture right here. This on the left are, and I've forgotten now what, um, what, what do you call it? Galaxy. Which, because this, yeah, I guess, yeah, that wasn't the word they used. It was some, but anyways, the, whatever the, whichever one this is, whatever group of stars, constellation, whatever it is, the, the one on the left is something that we would not be able to see from here at all. No, no possible way. No, we, we can't see any, any part of it. But the Hubble telescope, when it was launched, that was the first pictures that it saw, the one on the left. And so it's not that it wasn't doing well. And in fact, if that's as good as it could get, that would be amazing because there is a lot we could learn from that. And we'd be really thrilled to be able to see that. But the folks working with the telescope knew right away something wasn't right. I think most of you probably, at least some of you, might remember this story. Um, and they realized that the parabolic dish inside the telescope had been made to a different 
uh, parabolic shape than what was intended for the way the telescope was set up. And so then some creative folks said, which is very much like my glasses here, they said instead of trying to redesign the telescope, they could actually put a set of glasses on the telescope in a sense. They could put a lens in place that would correct for that mistake. And so the, uh, they flew out there to it. Some people went out there and modified the telescope and put this new little addition on, and they got the picture on the right, um, which is a much, obviously a much better picture. Um, and same thing for me with my reading glasses. A lot of people, when they start wearing reading glasses, a very common thing you'll hear is that someone will say, um, I mean, it's certainly possible this could be the case, but usually not. People will say, I didn't used to need reading glasses, and now all of a sudden I need them all the time. Well, what's really happened is they tolerated the picture on the left for a long, long time, and once they were introduced to the picture on the right, they never wanted to go back. And, and that was very much a binary change for me because about a year ago, I just didn't wear reading glasses. The truth of it is I needed them, but I was getting by. But now, like, I can, I can see my phone fine, and if I didn't know any better, it, I, it would be okay. But boy, when I put these glasses on, it's a whole new deal. Um, and so I've really been just thinking a lot about lenses, and uh, I just wrote here, I want us to think today about lenses and how clearly we think we see until we get new lenses and everything looks so different. And it's been something in my life I've seen over and over are these, uh, these changes or, you know, uh, an analogy of putting on a new set of lenses and seeing the world through new light. All right, so there's the Hubble telescope. Sorry, I didn't realize I had these in there. I've talked about reading glasses. And now I want to talk about Christian lenses. So the question I want to put out to you guys is, is God in it for himself or in it for you or in it for someone else? And by in it, what I mean is, did God do all of this? You know, so let, let's assume we can agree that God is the creator and he set all this up. And there's a lot of different ways you can envision that happen. But why did he do it? Did he do it for himself? Did he do it for you? Did he do it for someone else? Why did he do it? Um, I was talking to a friend back a while and it was really eye-opening for me when I thought about lenses and the way I look at things because I made a comment to them about how I said, well, you know, I like, and, and I know this is debatable, so I said it in this way. I said, I like to think that God's ultimate goal is for us to be happy, you know, that God as our Father is really trying as hard as he can to make us happy. And my friend kind of said, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. You know, I'm not sure that really makes sense. And I kind of stopped and I thought, well, first of all, I don't know who's right or wrong here. That's not the point. But I did realize that, you know what? Actually, there was a time when I thought that I would have actually argued very much against that. I would have said, no, 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 that God's ultimate goal, God, this is more about a God is in it for himself, and God's ultimate goal is for us to serve him because that makes more sense in certain areas. So, for example, the fact that you could be punished for sinning would kind of make sense because 
God would want us doing sin, and so it kind of all stacks up. And so I just realized um, that I had, somewhere along the line, my lens had changed a little bit. Okay. Um, all right, so that's good. All right, so in Ephesians 1 through 14, I want to reread it and... Um, Boy, now I'm getting myself a little confused here. I knew I'd do this when I flipped it around. Oh, yeah, I just want to read through it kind of slowly, and I want us to think about when you read it, whether you think Paul, what do you think Paul's perception is of God? Is God in it for himself, or is, it, or is God in it for others, or is God in it for Paul? You know, what, what is Paul's perception or his way of viewing God? Um, and I might ask you guys something, you know a little bit about Paul. Do you think Paul ever had one of these lens moments when Paul saw life one way, and then all of a sudden, in a short period of time, he saw life another way? Anybody know the history of Paul? Yeah. What's the dealio with Paul? He had a drastic change. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, it's interesting, because I don't think most of us get to have those kinds of big changes, but he was... The way it's written, the, the way the story is about him, is, and uh, I went and looked it up in Acts 9 is where you can find this. Um, you know, it is a, Paul is pretty much anti-God, and through a series of events which includes blindness and scales falling off his eyes and some weird stuff like that, he does a complete flip-flop and becomes the most, you know, arguably the most pro-God person that there has been. Um, well, I, w- I wouldn't say he was anti-God; he was anti-Jesus. That's a good point. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he, I think he that's fair. He was all about God until. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, so so let's think about what the way Paul views uh, God. So let's just read a couple of these. Hold on, I thought I had some more notes. Notes. Hold on, just a second. It will recover. No, I don't. All right, so let's go back here and start in verse 3. How blessed is God? Is that a pro, is that God being um, in it for God or in it for us? How blessed is God? Any thoughts? I think it has a, it has a vibe of God in it for himself, I think. But then it says, and what a blessing he is. Well, that sounds like God's in it for others. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to high places of blessing him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Does that sound more like God's in it for him or in it for us? Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer. I'm just curious. Does it sound like God's in it more for himself or in it more for us? Or, okay, both. Tell me why. Do you mind telling? Um, because he, yeah, he uh, wanted to focus his love on something. And so he created us and Show his love, but I think by doing that, he also knew that he was going to see 
Yeah, I think that's a great point, Herb. And I think that's why these kinds of ways, these lenses, as I'm thinking about it today, these lenses get challenging because you can easily see it both ways. You can easily see it as a God that's all about himself. It kind of holds water a little bit there. You can also see it as God that's all about others. Um, so you can, you can sort of see it either way. Okay. The next slide by you adopted us into his family shows that it's, it's you know, you can adopt somebody because you care about them, not because you want to feel good about yourself. Yeah, I mean, although I've seen it both ways. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. So it's kind of funny because you see that line, what pleasure he took planning this. It's like, oh, well, that has very much a vibe of God is doing this for himself. And then it says, he wanted us to enter into celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. Well, lavish gift giving, to me, that feels like it's the other way around. So my point of this is that it's not an easy question to answer. And I'm glad, Herb, that you're seeing it a couple of different ways there. Because once I put on a lens, my lens these days is more about God is in it for us. And that goes back to the phrase I said to my friend. And so when I read this, like, I can only see that God's in it for us. But I, you know, I need to be aware that that's not the only way to look at it. You know, it can go both ways. Okay. Um, I, we could do more, but I don't want to drag this out. So we'll, uh, we'll get back into this. All right. So is God in it for himself or for you, for others? We answered that already. Let's reread. Did that already. Three, six. Okay, we don't need to do all that. All right. Okay, so now this is, uh, I think, maybe get a little more interesting. I want to tell you guys about some lens moments in my life. One lens moment in my life was the NIV Bible. So, is there anyone here who was raised in a King James Version only Bible church? Okay, you are. Okay, no one else. Kids. Well, I wasn't raised that way, but when I started going to church, that's what it was. I'm sorry. That, 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 well, that's what I mean is like, like your foundation, your Christian foundation was it in a KJV only yeah. church. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the funny part was is that, it, you know, we didn't just use the King James Version Bible. I mean, we said, unfortunately, some things that I can comfortably today say, this is not a lens issue. This was just inaccurate facts issue. Um, you know, I actually thought the King James Version Bible, I, I, th I think truthfully, as embarrassing as it is, I think I pretty much thought Jesus spoke English and that the Bible was written in this old English like 2,000 years ago. Um, but, but in so many ways, there was just a lot I didn't know. And, um, and the day that I had an eye-opening moment about the NIV Bible and realized that it was likely based on text that was older than what my KJV version, version Bible, uh, you can't, that'd be, that'd be version version if you said KJV version. Um, KJ, KJ version. Um, Anyways, uh, when I learned that the NIV Bible was likely based on writings that predated the writings that the King James was based on, it just blew my mind, and it was a big lens change moment. Um, <laughs> maybe the non-instrumental Church of Christ that I grew up in didn't have all the answers. 
I, I mean, I really, I, you know, it's what you learn. And I thought we had all the answers. I thought we were the only right church. And the, if you do a little historical study in uh, the Midwest U.S., the King James, King James Version, no, the non-instrumental Church of Christ and Christian churches are, are the same group of people. They, they, they came out of the same um, kind of uprising somewhere in Kentucky is where this all started. Um, and then they split from each other at some point. But it's not that long ago. Um, and anyways, but to me, like, it was black and white. There were the non-instrumental Church of Christ people, a.k.a. the people who get to go to heaven, and there was everyone else. Um, and uh, the day that I realized that we didn't have all those answers, that was a big lens chains moment. Um, oh, yeah, I don't want to go into this. I, I went through this with Jill, and she was like, don't go there. That creates questions. And so, anyways, so ignore those two in the middle. I'm just going to get it off the screen so you don't read it. Um, how about you guys? Can you think of any big lens change, mo lens change moments in your life? A moment in your life when something happened, and it might be like Paul, it might be something that happened at a distinct point, um, but it might be a point, uh, something that happened over a period of time. Anybody got anyone, anything that stands out to them? Yeah, Bugs. Yeah, yeah, that that moment you start hanging out with people, I'm going to say it a different way than you did, but for me, when I started hanging out with people that I would have used to viewed as not good people, or at least not good Christ followers, and I started realizing that actually these are some pretty good people, <laughs> and you, you know the, the wheels just start turning at that point, and you start having to having to ask yourself a lot of hard questions. Yeah, anyone else? So um, I think specifically when I came to the living room before it was, you know. This is the church that we go to, the church's previous. This is the doctrine that we all have to collectively right. believe in. Right. If you don't collectively believe in this doctrine, then you are bad. And you are not believing the way you should believe. And so I think coming to the living room and realizing that you can be a community of believers but have very differing opinions on things, and that helps you grow as a Christian, just like blew my mind that people can still believe yeah. together and not have to have this hard and fast doctrine that if you don't follow this one rule then you're out that kind of yeah yeah and it's still kind of i mean it, it i think that'll never cease to be a problem you know it, it continues to be a challenge everywhere um in workplaces and others where we we all it's kind of bizarre but we kind of all want everyone to think the same thing we think and it gets difficult when, when we don't. You know, we, we can't just be like, oh, that's okay. That you, whatever. I was getting ready to say something smart, but I didn't, so. Yeah, anyone else? Lens change moments. I think about, uh, what's the, uh, the movie where they're running around trying to find, um, 
long time I got it. Um, something to do with the Masonic Lodge. And, I mean, it's not, not like it's an anti National Treasure. National Treasure. Isn't there a part of that movie when they find these glasses and there's like two or three lenses and they have to flip the lenses different ways? I don't remember how it is, but yeah. I like that movie. Yeah. Anyone else? Lens moments. I, I think mine, and I, I think I've talked about this before, the uh, Rob Bell book, the, the Velvet Elf, the Velvet Elvis, when he came out. Yep. And he talked a lot about the Jewishness of faith and explained some of the some of the events in, in the Gospels that really didn't kind of make any sense. And when he explained it in a Jewish sense, it like it actually like. This makes perfect sense. What this means now, yeah. And I also, and, and that which, and I, I heard the preacher say some things. And it's like you know, I would just kind of go along with it. But he always said, if you want to read, if you want to read something other than the Bible, he goes, come to me, and I'll tell you which books to read, because you don't want to read anything outside of ours, because you'll you'll start you'll start getting confused, and you'll you'll just walk away from the faith and, and all that. It's, yeah. You're not smart enough. Right. And I remember yeah. reading Velvet Elvis stuff, and it's like, and it's like, now I know why you don't want me to know anything is because you want me to stay within your doctrine and your little box thing and, and all that. Well, and I would argue that the person telling you that, Herb, it's, it's like what you just said is probably true, but they don't think of it that way. Like, they're not strategically trying to, like, they literally believe that you're going to be misguided. Because I think they... That's them. They think they yeah. will be misled. I agree. They will, then everybody else yeah. will too. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it was like the time that I had. Ne- I never thought about Genesis one one. To me, the way I read Genesis one one was the only way you could read it, which was that it's a historical book trying to tell you exactly how the first seven days of the world happened. And even when I would read it, and there were all kinds of goofy things that kind of didn't make sense, I was like, but we all know this is, the whole point of this is blah, 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 blah. You know, and then again, I think it was a Rob Bell sermon, maybe it was in a book, but anyways, I think it was a Rob Bell thing um, that, uh, that enlightened me into the possibility that this was being written not as a importance of every day, but it was being written more around this is the world view that they had at that time and it was trying to drive home a, uh, a different perspective about what God was like and how that fit into their current view of the world, which was things like the sun was a God and the moon was a God. And so, and it's like, I just remember just blowing my mind and like, oh my gosh, now I have to like, like it gives you this weird creepy moment where you're like, like almost like, well, is anything I believe right? You know, you have those kinds of odd uh, uh, experiences. Okay, so now I want to tell you about some lens moments from this church, um, which is kind of interesting. We're going through a lot of uh, kind of thinking about the future of this church right now, so I want to back up a little bit. And these are lens moments for myself, not for everyone here, so don't uh, put some eyes on here. So I realized my previous church was spending more to maintain their special building than they were spending on focused help for hurting people. That was a huge deal to me when I was a leader at my previous church to realize how much money, massive amounts of money we were spending on our building and then also on our staff and all these types of things and then realizing how such a small amount of money 
we were spending on people that were hurting. Um, it, it was just a big eye-opening moment and that I really hadn't put a lot of thought into because truthfully, the churches I grew up in, they spent almost no money on the outside, but I just didn't think anything about it. I just kind of thought the money that went to the church was for the church. I never really thought about the other stuff. Um, but I was really changing, and then I, I, when I experienced this, it really had an impact on me. I found out, <laughs> this is a great one, I found out that hip and cool people are really messed up and struggle to practice what they preach. I, um, I would be kind of amazed when we were starting the living room because every now and then we'd have these people that would come into our community and they were so cool. They played guitar and sometimes they didn't cut their hair and sometimes they didn't even bathe and there were just all kinds of, but they were cool, you know, and, and I would find myself, they'd talk about the way they lived and I would find myself kind of intrigued by that. I'm like, boy, what a boring life I live. Um, but after some length of time, I realized that Oh my, yeah. I mean, these people appear to be hip and cool and appear to have it all together. And sometimes they, they did, but more often than not, they were just messed up like the rest of us. And this whole new way of living, this throwing out the old and bringing in the new um, that, this, that I was kind of putting under the guise of this is what the living room is, um, it wasn't so... It wasn't as effective as I thought it was going to be, and that was really eye-opening and kind of disappointing for me. Um, I observed, why did I put a capital T on throwing? I don't know, that's not supposed to be there. I observed that throwing money at people in need oftentimes doesn't help them. And I think some of you guys are so used to this that you're like, yeah, I mean, that's common knowledge, you know. But it wasn't common knowledge to me. You know, I, I really... Like, I felt like we'll just, we'll all pull our money together and we'll find somebody, somebody, some organization, something that's really hurting and we'll give them money and, you know, doves will fly around and angels will sing and everything will be better. And then I realized that we would do these efforts and things and sometimes I think we just made things worse. And it left me really, like, kind of spinning, you know, and all of these would cause a new lens to come on. And um, I realized, I realized it's okay to get taken by someone when you try to help. That used to just drive me bazonkers. And I would actually get mad. I would be like, well, so-and-so in the church decided we should give money to this. And then that was a terrible idea because blah, 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 blah happened. And it would just drive me crazy. And I realized after a while, like, no, I mean that's part of being a Christian is getting taken advantage of. That's, that's what's going to happen. You know, when you try to help people, it's not always going to work out. And that was a, a big eye-opening moment. And, um, and then the last one, and this is what um, super hard to swallow, to, 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 to absorb, to swallow sometimes, is that I had to acknowledge that my church, which, you know, is now the living room and has been for about 15 years, it wasn't for everybody for every moment. And I think a lot of you um, have liked about this group of folks that we've tried hard, at least from a leadership try, we tried hard to celebrate and encourage people to leave if they feel like they need to leave. But I'm telling you, that wasn't easy. I mean, the idea to recognize that somebody may need to leave um, or, you know, and, and the idea that maybe this was the right place for them for a period of time, um, but now maybe... You know, uh, one big one has always been the children. You know, children are growing up in our church, 
And for Jill and I, we, we our kids kind of grew up in this church all the way through. Um, but for a lot of our friends, that just wasn't working. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't working for them, and they needed a change and a, a new family. Uh, and that was really, really hard. <clears throat> all right, so it's 11.41 on my, my walk, clock. That clock's fast still. Um, so I've got a few things I want to summarize here, um, and we can talk a little bit about these. Um do we need new lenses? And I think this is a, so I'm going to propose the answer is yes, um, that you, we all need to be constantly doing this. Now that's not a commonly, that's not a broadly accepted view. I would think there are a lot of people in the world that are kind of the opposite saying, no, we don't need new lenses of anything. We need to go back to our old lenses. You know, you hear that kind of thing a lot. Um, and I'm not wanting to say that I, I've got the right answer one way or the other, but for me at least, I, I do need new lenses. I need to be looking at the world differently on a daily basis. Um, it really helps me. Um, do we need to celebrate someone else's new spectacles? Another daily, qu- daily question to ask ourselves. And I, I want to just kind of ask you guys. So, so the point of that, what I'm trying to say is, are you, am I struggling to celebrate and help someone when they all of a sudden are seeing life in a new way and they're having to go in a direction that is different, maybe not the direction we want them to go in, you know, are we able to celebrate that? Are you able to celebrate that? Am I able to celebrate that? Um, I think that's really hard. I think it's really, really hard. Um, I think about my dad, you know, desperately wanting me to take over the family business at one point, and instead I went to work for Cummins, you know. Um, and, and actually, it was even harder on my dad for my oldest brother. That's when it was really because he was the one. My dad was closer to my oldest brother for some. It wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just the way things work out. Um, but but having my older brother decide not to take on the family business that was hard. Um, making a decision uh, over. The, if you look at my Christian history. You know, I was a part of a church that I grew up in for 18 years, and then a part of a church at Lafayette for seven years, and then part of Garden City Church of Christ here in town for, I don't know, two or three years, maybe something like that. Part of First Christian for probably three or four or five years, I don't know, and then part of this church. And each one of those transitions, um, sometimes, like from Lafayette to here, that just happened because of work. So, But, you know, from Garden City to First Christian, that happened because... I was seeing the world a little bit differently. From first Christian to here, that's because I'm seeing the world a little differently. And there were people in both those situations that would have rather I hadn't left. So, um, we hadn't left. Um, so it's hard. So, I'll just stop for just a second. How about you guys? How, how hard of a time do you have celebrating when, some, when you see someone else making a change or putting on new spectacles uh, that you maybe wish wasn't happening or even don't agree with happening? You guys, am I making any sense at all? Any thoughts on that? You don't have to speak. When, whenever that happens with me, and I think they're going the wrong way, it's kind of like I I just have to. They have to figure it out on their own, you know. And you just hope it's not something that is um, overly dangerous or hurt. Right. Or something, you know. And sometimes, you know, you just, you just, 
just got to let people figure it out on their own. Right. And, yeah, that's, I mean, it's hard. Yeah, Jill and I, as parents, um, we, uh, we, we, we made a mistake or two, didn't we, Jill? Over the years. I, I said, we've made a mistake or two over the years. Um, but, but we, we struggled and we struggled to agree because I tended to be the kind of person of, yeah, let the kids fall. Um, but in Jill's mind, what I was saying was let them fall off a cliff. And she was like, you don't let them fall off a cliff, you know. And Bob was like, ah, let them go, they'll be fine, you know, they'll figure it out. And, you know, and Jill oftentimes would want me to step in and, and get more involved. But it, it's difficult um, because I wanted them to be able to live their own life. I wanted them to experience things. But I also, like you say, Herb, you don't want to see them get hurt. And, and, and sometimes I knew they were wrong. Sometimes I thought they were wrong. Sometimes I wasn't really even sure. Um, I just knew they saw the world differently than I did. So really hard. So. Any other thoughts on that? So I think when I, I read that question, it's like it, I think it is important to celebrate someone moving on from something maybe that you were together in or they have a respectable or spectacles on something like I think it's important to celebrate but I think it's also important to allow yourself to breathe that loss and I think it can become a little toxic to just be like oh we're so happy we're so happy oh, go move on go 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 and to not just be like oh but you know what that really hurts me and I need to I need to grieve that and so like I think both are really important yeah that's a huge weakness of mine is that I found out over the years, change is easy for me. I don't know why, um, but it, it's kind of easy for me. Uh, what? I don't know why either. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, it, it almost is like, like we can just have dramatic change in our house and with a few exceptions, um, but but I can you know once I once I'm committed like it's okay I can go but I you know Jill's not that way um, and, and it can be things that are just so not a big deal to me but it can be a very big deal to her and um, and so then when you start thinking about church family I remember when when we were leaving uh, First Christian to start the living room uh, one thing that just really caught me off guard um, and humbled me in a huge way was. Um, there was one family, uh, Jill's still really close with the wife of this family, but, I mean, they were really tore up. I mean, it just, to, to them, it just was like, we were all family, we're all together. This was this great thing in our church, and you're just leaving us, you know. And so they were grieving, I think, very much like you say. And to me, I was kind of like, what's the big deal? <laughs> you know, we're just moving on. And, um, and so... I think you're right. Um, I think different people handle that in different ways, but the grieving big change, um, certainly for some people, is is something that needs to be, I don't know, handled very carefully. Yeah. Yeah. But celebrates what I've always done, which is probably not the best way to do it. Because you're right, I probably should. I, it, yeah. But I think sometimes I celebrated it even though inside I was, I don't curse, but I was coming as close to cursing as I could. So. Well, I, I, I think it's okay to celebrate something like 
if somebody's leaving this church because their kids and goes to another church, right? Because they're not, they're, they're just leaving like this family going and all that. But if, if somebody like, was coming here and they decided that, well, I'm an atheist now, that would be some type of concept more so, I think, for me than to celebrate. And that's where I would say, go, go follow that path and yeah. find what you find, you know. But, but there's also the, to me, like a wedding, not like at a wedding, assuming your child is, is getting married, let's say, and you are happy with the marriage. So you, you're happy, but you're also grieving because, you know, you're not happy that your child's not going to be with you every day, day in and day out. I mean, that come, that destroys me. I mean, that's really hard for me. I mean, well, actually, it was worse when the kids went to college than anything. Uh, Chase's marriage was not as rough on me for some reason. I think it's because there, there was a huge storm that day, and I couldn't think about it. But, uh <laughs> Anyway. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but what if a friend's new prescription takes them on a new path? Okay, we, we're kind of beating this to death already. Um, I was just writing, I didn't know how this discussion would flow. Um, so it's more of the same question. I don't think we need to, to go there. Is there one more? Come on. Nope. Okay, um, but I wrote a couple things here. Let me read them and see if they fit into our discussion. Um, yeah, this last thing I want to, and we'll wrap up with this. I think one thing that I've done for a large part of my life and I continue to struggle with is have what I would call a binary worldview. And that is that the world is split. And oftentimes, depending on where you're at, it's split between the left and the right. Um, uh, I'll, I'll leave them nameless, but I, I, I heard a person the other day in our community make a comment, which I thought was really intriguing, where they said, as time goes on, I feel myself moving from one side to the other side. You know, I used to be over here, and now I'm over here. And uh, some of you were in that same discussion, if you remember it. Um, but I, uh, I think it's so natural, and, and it just like comes out of our pores. And I, I wrote here that I think we should work hard to have a binary view, which is God versus the world, um, but then recognize that God can create unique paths for us, because once we start separating the world into into this binary view where Christ followers are over here or over here. I, I don't know how we win. You know, I think it becomes really, really challenging. And uh, I do think it's a strength of our community, which is what you were saying earlier, that we've been able to over the years to some degree, and I think we've got, you know, we're certainly not perfect, but to some degree, we've been able to not let that chasm between the left and the right uh, drive a chasm in our community to where if you're going to be in our community, you have to fall on one side or the other. Um, although I think we have, just almost naturally, we have struggled with that a, a little bit, but not too bad. Um, but I think for me, the more I fight that um, and the more I, um, I try to view the world as for God or against God um, and let that be my binary divider, uh, the more it helps me. 
Um, and, and it helps me to be able to embrace new lenses. And so if I see someone going down a path, this goes back to what you were saying, Herb, I see someone going down a path that is a new, unique path, but I think they're still walking toward Christ, then uh, instead of celebrating it, what was you said we should do, Jill? I can accept that better um, and maybe even be happy to some degree for them, even though it's painful. Wherein, if I see someone going down a path that is a dark path, um, and uh, possibly hurting themselves, possibly hurting others, you know, then I can feel comfortable in reaching out to my Christian community, either side, and saying, hey, what can we do as a, as a group of people to, uh, uh, to help this person you know, on that path and try to not divide it into the left-right type of thing. So anyway, so that's my thought on lenses. Any other thoughts or anything you guys have? We talked this morning. Jill, did I cover everything? Okay. You okay with it? Okay. I wasn't going to tell you right now. You right-leaning leftist person. Yes. There's a lot of different lenses, and I think something that we need to be careful of is when we put on a new lens, knowing if the picture that we're seeing is clearer, than what we had before. When you show the, the space images, uh, it's obvious to see one's blurry, but one's clear. And sometimes when we like find something in scripture, um, like learning that it's, it's Hebrew-based and all of the Jewish traditions influence how it was written, like that, that kind of makes it clear and it's easy to see. But there's some things that are not as as binary. It's not as easy to see like that is a new good path they're going down, or that's not so good of a path. I don't know. I think that that we just need continual guidance from the Holy Spirit to yeah. to know like, hey, is this new lens I'm putting on? Is this like when you're at an eye doctor and they're like A or B? And you're like they're the same. <laughs> kind of like that. Like sometimes it's hard. It's not yeah. always easy to. I, lo I love the ones that flip and like everything kind of like wiggles and they go A and B and then you look at it and you're just like, I don't know, both look fine to me. So, yeah, and I think uh, one of the ones that I, that one of those lines I pulled off there, to me that's what happens in politics that gets so difficult is because when I started wearing a new lens where there were people in politics that I had been told were evil people. And so I started reading more about them, and I started seeing things, and I was kind of like, well, I don't disagree with them on that topic. I actually completely agree with them on that topic. Then all of a sudden you start feeling more embracing of that person or that group or whatever. But then you'll see something else from them, and you'll be like, I completely don't agree with that. And it's that, you know, this, again, binary, like we either have to take all of them or nothing. Well, no, we're all imperfect, you know, and and so it's it's like God is the binary, you know. Are we are we tracking with God? Are we letting? I think your point about the Spirit, letting the Spirit really uh, influence us and change our hearts. You know, are we letting that happen, or are we trying to be like we're either with this group of humans or we're with this group of humans? I think it's really dangerous when we start playing that I'm in this team or in that team. Um, but boy, it's natural. I think. Does that, you, yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Anybody else? Any thoughts on lenses? 
Anybody hungry yet? We can sit here for a while. Anybody ever listen to Lyle Lovett's song called Church? Uh, should go, go look it up and listen to it right afterwards. It's great. Right, bef- right before lunchtime on Sunday, it's the perfect song to listen to. So I, ju- I was thinking about it because I just heard it the other day. It made me, made me smile. So, All right. Let's pray. And uh, man, the kids have been awesome. So can't believe it. So let's pray and we'll let you round them up. God, we appreciate being together. We appreciate this discussion. God, I ask that the words I shared today um, were helpful and pleasing to you. Uh, maybe actually I should say the words that all of us shared today, uh, several talked. Um, God, help us to stay close to you. Help us to let your spirit just be so deep in our hearts and warm us up. And help our love to flow. Um, help us to, uh, to remember that loving you and then loving those around us uh, it was top on Christ's list and it needs to be top on our list of things to do. Help us to never let that go. Um, help us to seek out people that we're not getting along with and figure out ways to get along. Help us as a family here at the living room to never let the rest, each other know, let, never let each other forget how much we really do love and care for each other. And as uh, we figure out what the future is, um, help us to always be a family, no matter what that future looks like. Um, we have uh, relationships here that uh, should last forever and uh, help us to never forget that and to keep that um, as a priority, to keep those relationships healthy and strong um, and stay close always. God, we love you and we praise you and uh, ask that you help us to have a, a week that brings you joy. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Have a great week, everybody.